0: Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 18 of season 4 of This Osteopathic Life. We are back on track with our Friday solo episode and our Tuesday conversations. I'm excited for the lineup that is coming forward in those, so look for those to drop on Tuesdays and these solo episodes to drop on Fridays. And if intermittent summer series feel like they're meant to come through, they will. So we'll consider those a bonus. And for those who are not rolling with the spontaneity, I see you, I feel you, I understand, and I'm going to do my best to match some of that layer of consistency alongside some of the fun of just seeing what comes through when it is meant to. Today we are talking about pain. And this is a heated topic. It is a touchy topic. It is something that I have approached and dealt with personally and professionally for many, many years. In my specialty as a neuromusculoskeletal medicine and osteopathic manipulative medicine specialist, pain is the primary reason most patients come through the door. And that can be a variety of pain. It might be acute pain, a recent injury for an athlete, it might be chronic pain headaches or back pain for a patient who has sustained an injury years prior or has a chronic disease that's contributing. Pain can show up in a lot of different ways. It can have a lot of different qualities. It can last for different durations. It can be addressed by lots of different solutions, or it can be unsuccessfully addressed, even with the attempt of many different solutions. And for me, what I want to approach here today, and what was really the focus of my work So many times in the clinical space and really also in the coaching space, because pain is often a presenting chief complaint, perhaps not in the physical realm, but emotional pain and mental pain in the suffering that can go along with it. And what are the options we have to address pain, to acknowledge pain, to allow for pain, to accept pain? We're going through the AIDS of the activation process, if you'll remember walking through that with me back in November last year, but also to shift pain and not always have to suffer alongside pain. And I want to be very clear up front, as I always have been with my patients and with my clients, when we talk about different sources of pain, and that perhaps the pain is not only of the body, you might be experiencing it in the body. That is how the nervous system is designed to give us this cue, to give us this insight. But if the source of the pain might be other than a direct physiological or mechanical or musculoskeletal cause And that can feel burdensome, like we're making the pain up. It's all in our head. But it can also be an opportunity. It can have the space to say, wait, if it isn't here, and mechanically everything is working well, there might be other sources, which might mean there is an opportunity to make a shift and step through and out of the pain. Now, this could be a whole series. This could be a whole independent podcast. So we're going to stay with some key and core concepts here. Where you might be able to take a different look at pain of your own, of your current experience, of your past, or to have this in place, should you experience pain in the future? And most likely we will. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you otherwise is selling something, right? That's the Dread Pirate Roberts, a.k.a. Wesley, from The Princess Bride, speaking to Princess Buttercup when she states that he mocked her pain. And so pain is an integral part of life. And always the and opportunity. It doesn't always have to be associated with suffering. It can be informative, and we do have opportunities to shift around that. And I don't diminish the experience of pain, the effects of pain. Having had a variety of musculoskeletal injuries, which is ironic and maybe appropriate, in the medical world, so many times I've seen that physicians and clinicians and other medical professionals are affected and afflicted by diagnoses that match their specialty. And we can look at the whys around all of that. You might find lung disease in a pulmonologist. And for me, it has been a variety of musculoskeletal injuries in my life. And is it because I fraternize with them in my day-to-day work? I don't know. Is it because that's what I'm attuned to acknowledge in the language of messaging of my body? And so that's the dialect that is being spoken to me? I'm not sure. We can postulate all of those. And I'd love to hear your perspectives. But we're going to walk through pain and we're going to walk through some options around pain and we're going to open a dialogue. And if subsequent parts come through for this concept, we will welcome them and we will learn from them. So let's, as we always do, go to the definitions, see what they speak to us and see how they launch us into new perspectives. So pain, physical suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. So here we're talking about physical physical pain. And we can acknowledge that. And there are lots of different types, actually, of physical pain. And we're not going to get into the pathophysiology and the neurobiology of pain here. But this is talking about the physical realm. And it does put in here suffering or discomfort. And I shared this in the past, an experience with my sweet nephew who fell and cut his leg And so we could all objectively agree, there's probably some pain there, right? The skin has been breached and the nerves are alerting you to say, right? Take caution, clean this up, cover it, bandage it, pay attention to it, right? Pain is there to tell us what is happening. But the pain was greatest. And that is by our external perception of observing his reaction to this. When he looked down, saw the cots, saw the blood, right? And was screaming, appropriately so. He was quite upset. But once he was distracted, from the pain, he was no longer directly looking at that. We happened to find the magical Hot Wheels car in the middle of the forest, who knows why, for this moment, right, placed by some fairy of the pain realm. And he was less bothered by it. And so noticing where our attention goes and how suffering or discomfort are associated, we could think about the shock value of pain and when for survival, we have to, right, override what could be tremendous suffering in order to get ourselves out of a situation, I think about that with my oldest son when he broke his leg, which again, many specialists and experts would agree is a very painful injury, right? To fracture your femur it takes a lot of force. There's a lot involved and it had to be incredibly painful. But in the very acute moment when he was being taken off the mountain, he really was able to override that in order to process, to stay focused, to stay in that moment. And then of course, when there was a greater sense of stability around it, then he was able to tune into the pain. And even then, he was able to work with it. Right, So he was able to notice, okay, now I'm safe and after the surgery, which again, would have been a very pain-generating experience. Those words didn't all totally add up, but we're just going to go with that. He required very little pain medication. And certainly different people have different pain tolerance, and it's not a heroic effort. But noticing that even when it's something that objectively would be a reasonable source of pain there are options that we have to reduce our suffering around it. I'm going to stay on that track. He just had the plate removed. We're now 18 months later, which is kind of wild to think of. And the opening, right, moments after the surgery, he rated the pain higher than I heard him rate anything to do with when the leg was fractured, which again, would more logically and objectively have been a more painful experience. But we also get used to, right, that that leg felt normal for a good amount of time and there's fear that comes in wait this plate was in there and it was stabilizing it and now it's gone what do i do And my leg now that felt normal feels not normal again and it brings back right that rush of emotion from that previous time and once he was able to come out of the anesthesia right, because we're not in full management of our cognitive capacities in that state the pain was less he was able to say oh okay i'm here again i'm safe this is manageable I'm okay, it's not what it was before, I'm farther along that path, all of those different pieces. So just seeing the capacity we have for that. And it says caused by illness or injury. And again, what we've described here are very clear external physical injuries, cuts and fractures. But what are some other sources of injury? And how do we acknowledge them? Do we credit them in the same way for causing pain? Because we have this objective measure, someone looks and sees this scar and this cut and an x-ray, right, with the broken bone for you, they might rationalize, oh, of course, of course you have pain, that's reasonable. But if you've endured pain, and again, we might swap out here physical for mental or emotional, and this is an option, right, mental suffering or distress in here, similar to physical suffering or discomfort, but it has been caused by an abusive or manipulative relationship. And that might be personal or professional. And it might not be able to be witnessed as clearly. How do we deal with that when there is less likely, regular, easy access to acknowledgement? And do we need that? Do we need the external acknowledgement to validate our pain? We could go with a yes and no. Do we need it? Not necessarily. Is it helpful? Is it part of the connective human experience? It can be. And it can also, in our conditioned mind, be required Because you might think, well, if no one else is seeing this as an injurious experience, maybe it's not. And maybe I'm not entitled. I'm not allowed to have any experience of pain here. And we begin to rationalize. We begin to excuse. We begin to accept, and not in the accept of making space for, but in the accept of kind of the contortion and saying, well, if nobody else seems to think this is a problem, maybe it's not a problem, and any pain that I'm experiencing might be wrong, might be too much, might not be reasonable, and perhaps I just ignore it. And here's what I want to talk about, the value of pain and the risk that comes when we don't tune into it. So we've talked about tuning out of the pain, right, to to reduce our suffering. But if we override it extensively, we might do something that will create more harm and we'll go back to the physical, to our bodies, right? So let's say we had that fracture, and with the fracture my son sustained, it was pretty unlikely he would weight bear, right? Just the leg was literally not connected. And I should probably put a trigger warning at the start of this episode, right? Talking about some significant physical injuries here. But there might be other injuries for me. As I shared different injuries I had, I sustained a stress fracture in my foot, and I knew my foot didn't feel right, right? And I knew. I probably should stop running, but as an athlete and a relatively competitive athlete for a relatively long amount of time of my life, you also train to override pain responses. If you watch distance runners or sprinters who are putting forth such extreme effort, right, they've been trained to ignore some of those pain signals because you don't run a two-hour marathon without some aspect of pain in the body. But you learn to turn into which is manageable, which is truly life threatening, and which is workable, right? Even at that extreme and amazing effort. And you begin to override it. So in my foot, I thought, well, I've, I've pushed through pain before and it's not that bad, right? And we make it relative to something else and we ignore it. And so what might have been just a stress response. In my foot, because I ignored it, became a stress fracture requiring then a boot and time off of that foot and all those pieces. So noticing when pain is quite helpful and offering us insight to something that needs to be addressed at a time when it is a more minor experience. And what happens if we tune out, if we ignore that and allow ourselves to be drawn into continuing on as if nothing were problematic in the longer term impact that can cause. So just noticing pain as the messenger and recognize when you are able to hear pain, at what volume are you able to tune in. For me, it often requires a yelling, right? So while there might be minor aches and pains that are calling me to rest or to shift what it is that I'm doing, and I'm talking here in the physical form, it's not until there's something that literally means I cannot go any farther that stress fracture in my foot, an injury to my abdominal muscles, which was maybe the most ironic, where you literally could do nothing. And I often in my gym would say, we can modify any workout, find something that you can do unless you tear your abdominal muscle and the only treatment is literally 100% rest. And so just recognizing the opportunity you have to tune in and the price you pay when you don't at those earlier stages of the whisper of the conversation, of the dialogue, and then you require the yelling, the outburst from pain to pay attention. And you are much farther down that path and walking it back can be even more difficult. Thinking about that and the idea of mental or emotional pain as well. So maybe you have been in challenging situations. And like those marathon runners, there are challenging situations that are unpleasant, that are inconvenient, and they are workable, right? We won't necessarily suffer major injury for persisting. I talk about this with my children who at times will call to me and they'll be screaming and I'll say like, what, what is going on? I'm finishing some task in a different room. And they say, well, I was calling you. You didn't come. And you can say, well, I get that. But there's a difference between urgent and emergent and inconvenient. And which of those are we dealing with here? And absolutely, if there is an emergency and even an urgency, Escalating your communication can be really helpful and necessary. If there was something going on where you needed acute attention, you were in danger, you were in harm's way, you needed something immediately versus inconvenient, right? I just don't want to wait any longer. I'd like someone else to do this for me. There are differences in that. And so with pain as well, there are times, right, when it doesn't feel great, but you can work with it. It's not ideal, and it's annoying, it's frustrating, all of those pieces. And now, layered on, right, there can be that cumulative effect. If you're doing that all the time, and let's say it's your work situation. If you're in the work situation all the time and every day, it's like you really have to try very hard to make this a workable situation. That will wear on you. And but think about that like a chronic misalignment of a joint. And it might not be all that bad. You might be able to work with it over time, but if with every bending and straightening, every flexion and extension of a joint, there's a, even a tiny bit of wear and tear over time, right? It causes more problems and then you will have more pain from that experience and eventually will become an untenable situation. And so knowing where you are on that spectrum, right? If it is temporary and intermittent and annoying and inconvenient, but workable, you can roll with that. But if it is painful in so much that it is out of alignment with your values, it is derogatory, it is unjust, it is biased in ways that are not sustainable for you. If you're getting these signals from your body that this is not right, I am not safe here, this doesn't feel good, and not in the inconvenient way, but in the problematic, something needs to shift way, can you tune into that? Can you trust that messaging from your body in the way of some... Emotional pain, and that emotional pain might come in the way of not necessarily a sharp stab, but this kind of bubbling up, achiness, or an uneasiness, or a queasiness that goes with it, right? We can look at the different descriptors and experiences of pain, and can you tune in here sooner than later as well, so that you are not so far down that pathway that walking it back and coming to a space of healing and removal of the noxious input, So that you can free yourself and come to a space of healing. Option definition of pain. An annoying or tedious person or thing. A pain in the neck. And notice how we use that phrasing in the power of our words. And if we're characterizing a person that way. Noticing if we're stepping along that path of dehumanization. And can we acknowledge the behavior separate from the person does it seem integral to who and how they are, or are we able to differentiate and distinguish that? And notice how labeling it that way impacts us. And are there ways to tune into that, to tune in what about this is painful? And we can address that piece and recognize why it's painful. And if pain is the feeling, and we could get into a whole big debate around this, what is it that we're thinking to create that sense of pain? So I will get that, and my children are often my greatest teachers. That, oh, he's so annoying. Worst brother ever. And thinking about, well, is he annoying? Are you choosing to be annoyed by the things that he's doing? Because you're thinking you shouldn't do them, or you wish it to be some other way, or, 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 or. And so recognizing that, if we're classifying something or someone as a pain, why? What about it is problematic? Why is it problematic? Is everyone around you experiencing it that way? Or is this unique to you? And this is not a blame-shame space. This is to say, what about this, right? Isn't matching? Because when we're having frustration, it's usually a mismatch between experience and expectations. So what is it you're expecting this person to do or this thing to be like? And what is not delivering? And what opportunities are there for adjustment? Does that thing, does that person need to make an adjustment in their behavior? And we could talk about how that's possible, not possible, clearly not within your control, but you can offer feedback and you can let go of the result of what they do with that feedback, can you shift your perspective and your response to what is happening? And not to excuse or condone what this person or this thing is like or how they're doing things, but instead to reduce, again, your suffering. What option do you have there? Pain is also careful effort, great care or trouble. She took pains to see that everyone ate well. Now notice here, the suggestion there is that it's problematic in some of these synonyms. We have trouble, labor, exertion, strain, struggle, but we also have care, effort, and bother. Oh, that word, right? Oh, bother, and just Eeyore, in that moment. So we also put pains in that place of making sure everything's just right, really attentive to detail. And some of us might love that. That might be our love language, is really getting those specifics just right. And like anything we talked about back in the saboteur episodes around the positive intelligence programming, there is vigilant and there is stickler, but then there's hyper versions of those, right? So paying attention to detail can be great. Being so overcome and overwhelmed and hung up on them so that you cannot enjoy any experience or there's not a chance you'll ever get to the finish line because there will always be some way to tweak it and do it a little bit better makes it a painful experience. So can we shift around that? Can we honor details and discernment and release some of the paralytics that can come with taking those so far. I'm going to pull up a few other options here. And I'd love to hear from you what pain means to you. We could have asked that question early on before we gave you any skewed perspectives here. But just seeing what is available and how you might make a shift. Right? Pain can be a noun. It can be a verb. And we can experience it in lots of different ways in our lives. So if you think about it, what type of pain comes up for you? Do you relate to physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain? And taking just a simple reflection from the scientific and medical space around pain, that pain is a signal in your nervous system that something may be wrong. And that is where I really want to spend some time for the remaining portion of this episode. Pain is a signal, right? Pain as a messenger, pain as an informant in your nervous system. So that's where you're experiencing it, right? Prick, tingle, sting, burn, ache, sharp, dull, all the different ways pain can be experienced. Yes, in your nervous system, but that something may be wrong. Let's look at the broadness of that statement and let's look at what we've already talked about here today. So is it that you've touched a hot stove? Is it that you're pending some greater injury in the bone in your foot? Is it that you have sustained a major acute injury, right? And you need to not get up and you need to call for help immediately. Is it a lingering pain in the deeper organs that's saying, hmm, or maybe that food that you eat isn't for you, or maybe something in the environment isn't going well, or maybe you have an infection that's happening that needs to be addressed, but what if it's a pain in your heart? And yes, we could look at physiologic pain in the heart and look at myocardial infarction and those concerns and angina and all those pieces. But I'm talking about really in your emotional heart, right? Just that sensation that you might get that this is not right. Something is not right here. And tuning into that, right? Like, and I can remember different moments of speaking to my coach. I was like, you know, I know there's something physiologically wrong with my heart, but something doesn't feel right there, right? It feels, it feels painful, like a heartache. And noticing when that happens, what is it calling you to acknowledge? And many times pain is causing us to pause, stop, shift. And I me mean, I'm thinking, like, stop, drop, and roll. But the hand on the hot stove, right? Move your hand from this burning source. And if it's in the body, and maybe it's in your mind, and pain can come up. Like a headache, for sure. And again, don't ignore those symptoms and absolutely speak with your physician and have things worked out up if you're having an experience of pain in your chest, pain in your head, pain in your abdomen, all of those, absolutely. And there are appropriate workups for all of those. And not necessarily in replacement of, but alongside. What else is speaking to me here? What is this calling me to notice? So if you're having headaches and you have had everything worked up And it's clear, all the studies are negative. For patients, that can be really challenging because you think, no, I know something is not right here and I don't accept that everything you're telling me that I'm quote unquote normal on paper. I don't want that. And of course you want that, right? You want to be free and clear of many of these maladies that could happen. But when you have nothing in that realm, that can be a chance to say, well, what else could be contributing to this? What could this be calling me to notice? It might be a historical injury. It might be an emotional input that has come through to you. The body is absolutely a messenger and it is offering to us insight. And sometimes we have to translate. We might need someone to offer us up some insight into a dialect that we don't recognize or that we have ignored long enough to become unfamiliar with the words that are being shared with us. We might need to say it and speak it to someone. And have them reflect it back to us and say, well, what I heard you say is this. Does that mean anything to you? You know, when you're experiencing this, it always seems to be around this time. Why do you think that is? Or with this person, right? Is there some association here that is problematic for you? So just take a moment. And even right now, if you have the opportunity, do a body scan. Is anything speaking to you? just a little niggle, something that doesn't feel quite right, doesn't feel super comfortable. And can you track it back? Was there any obvious physical injury? Currently, I have some tailbone pain because I was trying to avoid another biker. We were kind of coming toward a collision on the path and I had to stop and my bike slid and I came down on the seat kind of hard, right? So I have some little physical pain with a very obvious source and I can also tune in and if it doesn't resolve in a typical fashion, you know, I can say, well, what else might be contributing? What might be holding this in place? What might it be drawing me to notice? Because sometimes even these events in our lives that happen can give us the opportunity to pay attention in a different way, even if they are completely or even just seemingly unrelated. There can be an invitation to stop and say, okay, well, this is calling to me. And what opportunity do I have to listen in differently to what's going on in my body, in my mind? in my emotions, in my spirit, in my life, in my environment, in my current situation, we have the opportunity to engage in so many different ways and gain insight into what is available to us, what's being offered as far as insight, and to make choices, to make sense of it, to choose how we pay attention, to seek treatment in different ways. And that might be externally calling on support and outside sources. Absolutely. And I was always honored with patients bringing that forward to me. And even now it's less frequent. My work is less clinical and more in the coaching space, but in both of those, for people to bring to you something that is challenging and vulnerable for them and to be able to walk with them on that journey, honoring their capacity for internal healing and their ability to resolve And shift that pain and also being part of that process because sometimes we do need some different perspective because if we are completely inundated with pain overcome and overwhelmed by it it can be hard to see anything but that pain it becomes part of our identity and we can't always see that there could possibly be another way to get through this and as we come through, I'm sure pain will come up again in future episodes with different perspectives each time. That is some of the beauty of what comes through when we tune into our body's signaling. And for now, I invite you to consider what pain is offering you, how it is speaking. If you can tune in a little bit sooner along that path, if you can acknowledge the space and place for there to be less pain, for there to be a shift, and at the source, while felt in the neuromusculoskeletal realm, might be other than that. And by allowing for it, checking in with it, you create greater opportunities for resolution and for really depths of understanding. And I thank you for joining me for this episode, for the seasons prior. Please do share your reflections. You can find me at this osteopathic life at gmail.com, thisosteopathiclife.com on Facebook and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you on what resonates. This is Dr. Amelia Beekey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.